your new or existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hi. Hey. Welcome. I know. That was exciting. That was a great intro. It was an awesome intro. It's almost like they do it every week. Uh, I am Deb Tomorrow. And this is Real Real Estate Today, and we're going to get our heads on straight because we've got a little bit of that fall delirium. Well, we went from summer to fall to in, winter. Yeah, three in days. like three days. Yeah. yeah. And Rachel mentioned it when she walked in the door today. And then, Karen, you mentioned it when you walked in the door today. And, uh, yeah, we're comparing shoes. And it's been raining, which doesn't help either. Right. So it's not like pretty fall day, which we had, I think, one of. Maybe. Like a sunshiny. It was just one of those days crisp. where I thought, I don't know what kind of jacket to put my son in for school. Oh, uh, Yeah. And the days have been getting colder, so, like, some mornings I've left and think I'm dressed appropriately. It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's really a challenge. Well, I have this, like, cape thing on today because I'm trying to be stylish, but I will probably knock something over because it's, like... No, you're a superhero functionally of, of real tours. Right, but it's functionally a little like I can't put my arms out all the way if I need to. So if there's a fire or emergency exit that needs to be opened, don't look at me because okay. my clothing will probably restrict me on them. So, uh, let me introduce Karen, because you already heard her voice. That's Karen Rastel, who's the best damn lender in the state of Indiana, Ruoff Home Mortgage. Hello, Karen. Hello. Thanks for joining me today. And we are also joined by the lovely Rachel, associate producer. What do I say? Face of an angel, mouth of a sailor. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we don't let her on the air. Um, but, uh, but she is here posting. So, go to Facebook, uh, Deb Tomorrow Realtor, and you can always find me there. I'm excited. I'm going to do another guest gig on a friend's podcast tomorrow. has nothing to do with real estate, but about cruising again. Oh, exciting. Yeah. And um, that'll probably take me back to vacation mode. Well, I can totally see if you ever got out of real estate, you could be like a cruise a cruise planner, a right. cruise director, right. uh, do those informational seminars on how to I'd cruise. I would love to do that. Like take old people on a bus tour of someplace. I love that. <laughs> no, people think it's cheesy. I love doing bus tours. I just because the one I've done a few, um, I did one to Cuba like 10, 12 years ago. And it was just everything was sort of playing out for you so that you could really sort of allow yourself to enjoy. You were just right. like never stressed about where am I going to have dinner? Because that's where you're going for dinner. You know, and stuff like that, that I just, I like to but just. You would enjoy trying to put something like that together for. Oh, totally. Group? Okay. Totally. I yeah. would just like to show up and go on said tour. Like, I don't, right. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. No, I've done it. Like, my parents went to Maine with us one year. They met us in Maine, and I had a whole spreadsheet. Everybody got a copy of the itinerary and everything all planned out. You're so much I, like Tony. I had no idea. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about real estate today, though. But this is kind of weird. And so I have no idea why I want to share this article with you, except that I got up this morning and I was working on the show prep. And I had my phone face down on the desk next to me. And at one point I picked it up and this CNN Money article was on my phone. So it was like a sign. I had not clicked on it. Okay. I had not. 
I don't know where it came from or why it came, but there it is. And so I felt that God was telling me, okay, you need to share this with people. So it has nothing to do with anything except that I was led to share it. Okay. So this was from CNN Money um, and uh, The Motley Fool. Well, she usually has some pretty good stuff. It says, amassing $1,000 might seem like a reasonable enough feat, but the majority of Americans have yet to accumulate that much in a savings account. This part threw me. In a recent Go Banking Rates survey, 69% of adults admitted to having less than $1,000 in the bank. 69%. Adults, meaning? People over 18. Oh, well, I know that, but I'm still, like, I've... <laughs> I'm kind of dumbfounded by that. Right? Yeah. Worse yet, 34% have no savings at all. The problem with not having adequate savings is that you never know when an emergency might strike. You could lose your job, fall ill, or find yourself up against, this is what I care about, a major home repair that simply can't be postponed. It's like I always ask my clients, what are you going to do if the furnace goes out? Right. Tell me that you're going to be warm over this winter. Because if you're not, then I'm not real comfortable with you buying a house. Um, If you don't have the cash available, you could end up in serious debt with an equally serious black mark on your credit history. We always talk, I don't remember who I was talking with last week about uh, credit cards. And like you buy a dollar taco (laughs) and put it on your credit card. And at the end of the day, that taco ends up costing you wait, you know, $23 because of all the interest you accrue, you know, that $8,000 furnace might end up being a lot more. Um, If you don't have yet have $1,000 to your name, here are a few ways to work toward that goal. So I thought this was some good inspirational stuff. So I want to challenge everyone to make sure, you know, set a goal for yourself that by the end of next year, that's all I'm just asking, end of next year. I'm not saying end of next month. I'm saying end of next year. You have $1,000 in the bank. So create a budget. Everybody hates creating budgets, right? Everyone except, uh, I know oh, one except, person. Yeah, except one your husband. Mm-hmm. He should start a business, like helping people create budgets. Um, a household budget can open the door to savings by helping you identify your key expenses and get a better sense of where your money is going. But for some reason, nearly 60% of U.S. adults don't follow a budget. I would say that number is probably more like 69% of adults, (laughs) maybe even more. Um, If you're serious about saving money, you'll need to create a roadmap of your various costs so that you can see where they go or where there might be some fat to trim. Now, I'll tell you, I mean, honestly, do I have a spreadsheet budget like your husband does? No. Do I have a general, like, this is my budget, you know, this is what this is going to cost and this is what that's going to cost? You know, yeah, I have a general idea because that way I know when I've got extra to put aside, you know? Yeah, there was someone that was just talking about they uh, they don't pay attention to what's in their bank account because they should they they just have a good feel. This is I can't remember who was having this conversation that that it should never be under a certain amount. Like mm. they know yeah. they know enough not to spend. I don't know how they how they track that, yeah. but they, I mean, I think the important thing is that it gets tracked somehow that you're balancing a checkbook or you, you know, have a general idea of what your expenses are, that you give a second thought to buying something mm-hmm. and think about how that, you know, fits into your monthly plan. Uh, number two, cut back on small luxuries. And the, I like this paragraph because I thought the math was kind of interesting. While you may dread the idea of giving up your beloved morning coffee or brown bagging your lunch on a regular basis, if you're willing to make sm- a few smaller sacrifices, you can accumulate $1,000 rather quickly without having to compromise the big stuff. Um, imagine that every time you walk to work, instead of springing for the bus fare, you shave $2 off your commute. 
Throw in the $2 you'll save by making your own cup of coffee and the $6 you can easily save by packing your own lunch. And you're looking at an extra $12 a day. And if you do this just twice a week, not every day, twice a week, you'd have that $1,000 within a year. So that's something to think about. Could you find $24 a week to set aside? I couldn't before, but I did one of those. I saw online, it was like a a penny a day challenge Mm. or something like that. Did you do that? I did it. I did it one year where literally like you'd put one penny in a jar. On for, the first day of the year. Yeah. On, on day 10, you put 10, 10 pennies. pennies. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, well, that I that was manageable. Because I you end up with it at the end of the year. Like $667 and some change. Sweet. And then there I found a different one. And now my husband thinks it's a game. He found a different one. And it was like you each week you put a dollar in. So at the end of the year what you're contributing is $52 right. that final week. And then that... Oh, you add a dollar each week. Each so week. a dollar first week, $2 mm-hmm. the second week, $3. Yeah. And what do you end up with that? Um, I don't know because I have spent my money. Was <laughs> no, that last year? No, I both years. But no, what I've been doing with that money is like donating it and doing different things Aww. with it. So like... You're so good. Um, you know, if it was to donate for... Um, a massage for someone who needed it or something like that, you know, just right. anything like that where normally that wasn't in my budget to do. I would just right. go take it out of the jar. Yeah. I think we should have Tony on to talk about budgeting. He would totally we, get I into know that. he would totally <laughs> be like a 12 that. part series. <laughs> we should have a lot to say. Yeah. Um, all right. Number three, reduce one major expense. Sometimes it's easier to eliminate one large expense than to give up the daily indulgences you've come to enjoy. So if you're willing to forego that new TV or take a staycation instead of going away, you can save $1,000 in one fell swoop. Number four, pocket your raise or bonus. Depending on the company's fiscal year, your raise may not have kicked in. Similarly, if you work on commission or are eligible for bonuses, you may be looking at some extra income in the not-so-distant future. If you're about to give your hands, get your hands on some extra cash, your best bet is to stick it right in your savings account. Uh, kind of live like it didn't happen until yeah. you kind of meet your goal. And number five, find a side hustle. Uh, Not everyone has the opportunity to get a raise or pick up extra hours at work. If your primary job doesn't offer a chance to snag some extra cash, your next best bet is to pursue income opportunities on your own. You might, for example, look into babysitting, dog walking, or teaching an instrument you've been playing for years. You might moonlight as a sales associate for a local business with a a known busy season. Holiday is coming up. That's a a great thing. Um, I know I see all the time people on Facebook complaining that they don't have enough money, and I always kind of go, just maybe deliver some pizzas for a few months you know i know those pizza places and buffaloes you know they're always looking for delivery drivers Mm -hmm. even if it's for a few months and you can you know really make some pretty good and quick cash absolutely um I know, you know, my friends at Buffalo is that uh, your friends too, all of our friends, um, which is a wing joint, one of the top 10 wing joints in the country, um, as rated by USA Today. There's a plug for them. But they say their delivery drivers can um, make like over $100 a day I could in a shift that. because of all the tips and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you think you could work 10 shifts. I'm not recommending, you know, let <laughs> me make a commitment to a right. job. But, you know, 10 shifts, boom, $1,000. Yeah, it just takes some dedication and some type of discipline to be able to do whatever you need to do to to save $1,000 or whatever the dollar goal is that you're trying to do. Right. I mean, I just had a delivery from that place, and I don't know if the drivers get part of the delivery fee, but just the delivery fee itself was yeah, sizable. Right, 
No, there's no. definitely opportunities. So anyways, that's your inspiration okay. to go out and uh, save a little bit of money. Now, for today's show, you know, I always want to be relevant and, and current. So one of the things I always do is look back on the previous week and go, what did I do a lot of this week? And this week was really about sellers for me, listing appointments. Not necessarily people who want to list now, but I'm starting to get those calls from people who want to list in the spring. And the smart ones, the brilliant ones, are calling me now in October and November. Um, And so that's your first tip. But that's what we're going to talk about on today's show is what are those things that spring sellers should be doing now? I'm going to give you a list of 10 things. And you don't need to worry about anything else. You just worry about those 10 things for the next few months and you'll be ready to sell in the spring. So that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. But we are going to go to a break right now. So probably go get some chicken wings and then we'll be back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back. I missed the sound effects that we had last week. If you didn't listen to last week's show, you should go back and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually had a moment this morning. I thought, I'm going to do sound effects again. (laughs) I thought, I don't think I want to be that person. They should make special, like a special appearance sound sound effects. Okay. Once a month, we'll do sound effects. You'll keep me under control there. Just surprises. Okay. 
Well, thank you for coming back. We are talking today about spring sellers and what you should be doing now in the fall. I'm working on... um, putting together kind of like my top five podcast shows about selling and my top five podcast shows about buyers. And I'll have links to that. Like I'll have a little post or whatever on my website. So if you're a seller and you want to know quick, because there's a ridiculous amount of hours of podcasts out there now, probably like close to 80. And so I think if you pull it up on like iTunes or something, you're like, well, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So I thought I need to go through and pull out like, and this is going to be one of the shows that I think the sellers need to listen to. Changing subjects, but not. Stick with me, because we'll get back there. Because uh, we always do, right? Yes, we, we always do. We always do. Uh, Rachel posted uh, an article for me on Facebook this morning about weird real estate laws. Uh, and our friend Stacy commented on it. And there was one that said you can't chew gum on Sundays, which has nothing. It's not a real estate law. It's just a weird law. But... Tell me where that law is. I may want to send somebody there. Is it New Jersey? Oh, yeah, you probably do, right? So, I, But it got me thinking, so I wanted to Google some other weird real estate laws. Okay. Um, and so just here's some examples. Um, in Missouri and Arkansas, it's illegal for numerous women to rent an apartment together. Uh, in Missouri, the magic number is four, and in Arkansas, six. Huh. That's about preventing brothels. Oh. But, I mean, legit, right? Um, there's one that, uh, if you dream of owning an alligator, that's illegal. Um, oh, this is Sunday is a day of rest. I get that. Don't you just hate when you're trying to sleep in on Sunday and someone starts up their leaf blower or lawnmower shattering the peaceful silence of the morning? Yes. Well, in Hawaii and New Mexico, those actions are illegal. Can't mow your lawn on Sunday morning. Um, other states restrict DIY activities like roof shingling on Sunday as well. And in New Jersey, you should hold off on painting your house. And in New York, putting putty in those nail holes can wait. The state laws, uh, the states maintain laws that originated in a very Christian majority oriented time and were used as a further means of control. Um, in California, there are strict restrictions uh, that limit the amount and type of plants that homeowners can keep outdoors. There's a town in Washington that limits the number of toilets you can have per building hmm. because they want to they like, limit growth. You ever wonder what happened in order for right. someone to? I've got an idea. Adopt a law. Let's limit toilet yeah. growth. But no, but it makes sense. They want to limit the growth, which a lot of communities are wanting to kind of control the growth. And so they just figure if they limit the number of toilets, they'll limit. (laughs) That makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, Painting doors a funky color, that's limited in areas of St. Louis. Um, and, uh, and then my, our favorite, you know, in New York, you have to disclose if your property is haunted. So, so anyways, that, but that got me thinking about, other weird things that are maybe a little bit more legit. And I think I've mentioned this before, but, you know, I'm helping Eurus's mom move from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And she has a house there to sell. And one of the things that has come up is that in her township in Pennsylvania, she has to have a camera sewer line inspection submitted to the township municipal authority. And then they come back and tell you if you need to replace your sewer line or not. Oh, my gosh. You cannot sell your house or refinance your house without having that done. They will not give you clear title. Wow. Um, so here's what happened. $7,000 later, right? 
because these sewer lines are old and I, I think we're just installed poorly and they're, I think they're clay tile or something. And I saw the camera and I mean, there's roots and there's, you know, storm water flowing into them and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so she has to replace it. Well, we've watched over the past year, all the other houses in our neighborhood go on the market and we've seen every single one of them have their driveway or their yard dug up. So we were like expecting that we just there's no way but what's amazing to me is that as for refinancing too so I mean what do you do if you don't have seven thousand dollars sitting around I don't I don't know I mean that's I don't know if you would be able to roll that you know take part of your proceeds Mm -hmm. like if there was equity in the home interestingly enough the plumber I consulted with is also a loan mortgage loan originator Hmm. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, so is plumbing his side hustle? I'm not sure what's his uh, <laughs> okay. right. I don't know what's his primary gig. Super nice okay. guy, but um, he said that there are some instances with refis where you can escrow it, so you can kind of roll that if you've got enough equity, equity. in the house. Okay. But with a sale, you really can't because it's got to be done before the transfer of the property. And this is something that's very, very common. I found an article with all kinds of outrage. Um, There's another area, she lives in the uh, Pittsburgh area. There's another municipality called Lower Burrell, I think is how you say it, um, in Pittsburgh that just announced uh, last year in 2016 that they were going to be doing the same thing. And uh, some of the realtors are complaining that, hey, you're putting the onus on us to be the bearer of bad news, that we have to go out and tell all of these sellers, hey, you have to do this before you sell the house, um, which kind of would stink to have to tell people that. Um, but anyways, my point is, and here's where we come around to it, you got to prepare be as prepared as possible because you never know what things are going to pop up. And if you're prepared in every other sense and then you have, you know, a sewer line thing right. come up, you know, then you're a little bit better able to handle it. It may not be as overwhelming if right. taking care of all the other things that exactly that you're about to go through. Exactly. So that was, but I thought that was just kind of interesting. And I'm the plumber uh, mortgage officer told me that, um, it's in New York, they're doing this a lot and it's becoming more and more popular in municipalities that uh, you have to make those repairs and kind of pitch in and, you know, yikes, it's so expensive. I I know, I was thinking about the old office I used to work in mm-hmm. and we would have issues and then the plumber would come in and say, these are just really old pipes, but they go, then you have the whole city involved and then right. it's like, who's responsible for for replacing all of this old material. Yeah, and there's a lot of discussion about do you go to the main junction? Do you go to the right of way? And oh my gosh. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So anyways, um, all right. So 10 commandments. This is what we're going to talk about the rest of the show today. 10 commandments for what spring sellers should be doing now in the fall. And I'm going to be honest with you. And I say this to my sellers and I don't feel like they always get me, but I say these are not comfortable things. These are not necessarily fun things um most of my sellers you know if they're buying another house they are immediately i want to look at houses i want to look at houses i want to look at houses they don't want to do these (laughs) things because they're not that fun but you need to have your vision you need to have your eye on the prize i know it sounds really really silly but i'm going to say you know hey this is a good time to sit down with your family whoever's involved in the move and almost i know it's stupid but make a vision board Mm -hmm. you know what are you trying to accomplish by making this move, whether it's to a different city to get a, you know, a job that's going to give you more opportunities, um, 
Or, I mean, a lot of my clients, is they just need more house. They just need a bigger house. Um, or they've just gotten to a point in their lives where they can afford something, you know, a little bit different. Um, so make sure that everyone understands what the goal is and why. And this reminded me of a show we did a couple months ago. We did a two-part series with Dr. Amanda Quinby, mm-hmm. who is a, a psychologist. And we were talking a lot about kind of sharing that vision and values and, and knowing what's important to you. Um, and so... You know, this would be a good time, like, call someone to come and help kind of mediate to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Because I'll never forget, I was sitting at a listing appointment, this was several years ago, and the husband and the wife were literally screaming at each other. And this was like the listing appointment. This wasn't even like that far down in the process. Uh, they were screaming at each other and, and the the whole home buying, selling process, they were pretty much at each other's throats the whole time. Uh and, and I knew this was going to be an awkward experience for me. And I was worried about, you know, how it was going to end up for them because mm-hmm. they were not on the same page at all. They ended up buying a house. You know, we sold their house. They bought a house. They survived. But then I saw that less than two years later, the house they bought was up for sale. So then I had to look up to see if they were getting divorced when <laughs> <And> they weren't. <laughs> I thought maybe that was what was coming, but it doesn't seem so. But that tells me, too, that in retrospect, I mean, there was something off with the whole process that they're selling their dream home. That was their dream home right. within right. two years. So you got to get on the same page. OK, so that's the first thing that you have to do. So my number one um, uh, in terms of getting on the same page is be able to state why you're selling the home. This is these are some of the things that Dr. Amanda talked uh, about on the show with us. You know, what you hope to achieve, whether it's more space or whether it's being in a different school district. I know people who move there um, because of that. And being able to state which each other member's biggest concerns are. It's that active listening. Yes. Right? You reflect yeah. back. Yours mm-hmm. and I were joking about that the other night, and we were reflecting mm-hmm. back, like, how badly he wanted a Twinkie. And I was like, I understand. He's going through a Twinkie phase right now. Uh, grown man, Twinkie phase. But, I, you know, I understand that you really want a fudge-covered chocolate Twinkie. I hear you. <laughs> they are downstairs on top of the fridge. Go get one. But anyways, you know, reflect back. Like, I've got a family I'm working with right now, and I can tell that the wife's biggest concern is getting the current house ready for sale. No one's ever said that, but I've been doing this long enough. I can tell that's what the issue is. Um, they know they need to move. They're out of room, but it's been a really slow process finding a suitable home and making a decision, I think, because there's sort of those underlying issues. And I suspect that it's because she's stressed out thinking she's going to have to do all the prep work herself. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. They're a good, strong couple. I, you know, they're not screaming at each other at all. But I think they just need to talk a little bit more without the kids running around and get on the same page and, like, hear each other. Um, so I think, you know, understanding, doing that active listening really helps right. to get everybody on the same page. And then conversely, not just understanding what the other person's um, biggest concern is, but also what their biggest excitement is, mm, you know, so that you can that. kind of like build that up. That's important too, because you want to honor it and you want to keep that excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, always want home buying, you know, well, it's all process to be fun and exciting. Um, so think about this too. Like if someone in your family is excited at the prospect of having a fence yard, so they don't have to walk the dog in the rain every morning, right? Uh, everyone else in the family needs to understand that. And, and then if you find the perfect house, except it doesn't have a fenced yard, everyone can kind of be aware that's going to be disappointing. To that person. Yeah, yeah and just fence. acknowledge it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and kind of, you know, lift that family member back up. 
can we all just be nice to each other? Absolutely. That's my theme. <laughs> that's all I want. Uh, that's my general theme in life. So that's sort of the precursor to what you do before the Ten Commandments come into play, right? You need to have those family discussions um, with whoever. And if your kids are old enough, involve them too um, so that they're excited because you're going to need their help right. in the selling process. So get them excited uh, and get them involved. All right, we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back and talk about our Ten Commandments. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. We are talking today about the Ten Commandments of Spring Sellers in the Fall. And I need to carve these on stone tablets. My favorite uh, line from the... We talked about this once uh, two years ago. Um, History of the World, part 
one? Mm, no. The Mel Brooks movie. And it know. shows like Moses, Moses coming out and he's got three tablets with five commandments each. <laughs> he's like, I bring to you 15. And then he drops one. He's like, damn, 10, 10 <laughs> commandments. So anyways, I have 10 commandments. I tried to write them in like biblical words, but eh, not so good. Okay. So number one, pick a thine realtor. <laughs> Don't make fun. I'm not making fun. And then see, this is where I was going to have the sound effects. I was going to go, amen. After each one, right? Okay, anyways, You're pick nine, really. I am hilarious. Uh, you need to start assembling your team. A football team does not wait until the day before the first game to put their team together, right? Correct. So why do you, seller, uh, isn't selling the most expensive thing you have ever sold in your life more important than a football game? I, I would think so. Amen. I would think so. Okay, so interview. We've talked about this before. Interview realtors. You are hiring that realtor to work for you. You have the right to interview them and ask them anything you want. Also, look at their current listings. How are they presented? Um, I was a little frustrated. I showed a listing last week, and the house has been on the market for like four months. There's no description. There's some pictures, but there's like no description. And it's like, oh, you know, like... Come on. If you were interviewing a realtor who has no description about the house, don't. Nothing. Just go on to the next okay. one. Wow. Anyways, if you pick your realtor by who gives you the highest numbers or the lowest commission, you're going to be disappointed. So you need to do a little due diligence. And this is the order in which I think you should do things. Okay. So first thing is you call me. Yes. This week. <laughs> we'll set up a time to come out and take a look. So that is number one. Number two, knoweth thine financial strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this probably involves meeting with a, a lender. lender. Uh, can you buy your new home before you sell? If not, what's your strategy? Um, most people that are looking to sell are also looking to buy. Although every once in a while I run across and they're like, someone's, I'm just going to rent for a while until I kind of figure it out. I just had a client. It was awesome. She's like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I might buy an RV and just drive around for a while. And that's what she's doing. I would love to do that. She had this little bitty trailer. She showed it to me. And I thought, maybe you could live in that. It's pretty small. Yeah. Um, And she's just going to kind of drive around the country and figure out where she wants to land. No, but I think you're right that there are more people that are are taking a little bit more time in deciding on what that next move might be before they go and either um, buy another house or maybe they want to build or maybe, you know. Most of my clients, though, if they're in the position where they're selling and then they're buying, the reason is because they're trying to buy their dream home. So you need to figure out your strategy and what your options are so that you don't give yourself a week to have to find your dream home or you're going to be homeless, um, which is what I see a lot of people get involved in. Um, and also, you know, we've talked about this before. If next year is a seller's market like it was this year, you're not going to have the opportunity to make an offer that's contingent on the sale of your house. Right. That's just not really an option in most of today's world. Um, you know, you can certainly do a reverse contingency, which is you you negotiate into an offer. I'm going to sell my house, but I'm not going to finalize any offer until I have a place to go kind of thing. So there are some options, but you need to understand what those are. And financially, you need to understand what you can do. So uh, know with thine financial strategy. Number three is my new favorite uh, that everybody's going to get sick of hearing because I'm probably going to say it. Every show from here on out to the end of eternity. 
because I think it's such a good mm-hmm. idea. Uh, and that is practice thine new payment. So practice your payment is what I've been telling people. Yes. And, and they go, what? That makes that makes so much sense. So when we were talking about that a few weeks yeah. ago, and it just makes sense to try to test right. that out. So if you're intending on buying a more expensive house, which usually is what happened, you kind of move up, um, or moving to a more expensive market, even if you think, you know, okay, next year we're going to move to Seattle, because that's my dream to live in Seattle, figure out what's going on in the market there, figure out what an uh, anticipated house payments going to be for you and start to make that payment to yourself. Pay your current house payment out of it and then save the rest and find out if you can live like you want to. If you can still you know, do the things that you want to do or if you're feeling really tight. Um, and then at the end, the bonus is that you've got money saved for moving. You have uh, money saved if you have a few months of double mortgage payments. If you need to buy a new couch. If you need family therapy after all the stress you've been through. <laughs> So I really, really am going to just be advising everyone to do that um, because I think that's a really a great way to minimize the stress mm-hmm. for sure. Um, number four, knoweth thine market's timing. So what is your market's timing? This is, uh, should you really wait till the spring? I don't know. This is where I would go back to your step number one and find and find the realtor, right? Yes, and that was one right. of the main questions that I got asked this past week with my listing uh, conversations. And you know, I mean, I could probably spin the answer anyway. I feel like I need to spin the answer because there is really no good answer. The one thing I'll say is when people say to me, "When should I list my house?" I say, "When you need to sell it." <laughs> When you decide you're ready right. to move. But no, I do think, I think, I probably think like a lot of other people in our area where the seasons kind of drive us to want to do things like that. So it's springtime, it's new beginnings, it's new life, it's, I don't know, better weather and let's, let's move. Right. Yeah. But in, so that's typically, you know, late spring and then into summer is when I think a lot of markets tend to get really busy. Mm-hmm. In our market, it's the end of January. And it always has been. Been doing this for 11 years. Uh, it's always the end of January, beginning of February. So I usually am telling my clients, plan on March 1st, because I know it's really going to be April 1st. Right. Because they're going to need more time. Uh, and then you'll still get in. But if it's June 1st, you're too late in our market. Mm-hmm. But that is different for every market. So you need to find an expert in your market. Um, one of the things, though, that is interesting to me, I had a, a listing appointment over the weekend. Gorgeous house. There was one thing that was a little bit quirky about the layout on the first floor, and it has me a little bit concerned, and I think there are solutions to it, but it was a little quirky, and I said, you know, here's my thought. My thought is there's not much competition right now. It's kind of slow, but there are still buyers out there. There are probably still people left over that didn't find a house this year because we had such a shortage of homes. If you wait and you list in the spring, you are going to be the bridesmaid and never the bride time and time again because you got this quirk. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yes, it does. But if you list now when there's no bride, then you get to be the bride. Exactly. Because people are going to and they're, people are going to come out and they're going to be like, oh, this is pretty good and I, I'm, I don't want to miss another year, so I'm going to grab this while it's out there. Right. So I certainly think that uh, that is a strategy, that if you are a house that's a little bit quirky, sometimes listing in the off-season can be a good thing um, because you don't have as much competition. 
Um, so that's definitely something to consider. Um, why is, I did want to touch too on like, why is, why does our spring start in January? I have no idea why our spring starts. Really? I, I don't have any idea. I just know. I, the past few years, I have gotten busy like in November and December, and that used to be when I used to do my goal setting and right. planning for the next year and not so much. I have right. no idea why. So in our community, we're driven by the university. So we're college town, sure. Indiana University, go Hoosiers. And um, I said that with a lot of enthusiasm tonight. <laughs> go Hoosiers. Um, and so... We are very, very driven by the university schedule. And what that means is that most rents, rental properties, are on this July-August cycle. Um, because that's when all the people, new people are coming into town, whether it's students or whether it's faculty, they're all kind of coming in that July, August. And so uh, even if you aren't associated with the university, there's a good chance that you are in a lease from July to August or July to July, August, August, which means that if you're looking for a home in June, it's probably too late. Mm-hmm. And so they start earlier in the year so that they've got time. Um, so that's a big, big reason uh, why. Because it's not the weather. No. As we discussed yesterday, I was showing houses and was like, today is not the day for cute shoes. <laughs> and I think it's about time that they go away and now the boots come out uh, because it's just going to be yucky. But people, gosh, I mean, I in the wintertime, I know when we show houses in the snow. So um, definitely staying busy there. All right. Uh, and number five, commandment, fixeth thy house. Do what you need to do to sell the house. If you think you'll get away with doing nothing, you're going to be disappointed. And it doesn't have to be necessarily major stuff. But again, this is where it kind of goes back to number one, pick thine realtor, that you want someone to walk through the house and give you an an honest assessment. Typically, it's clean, 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 like you've never cleaned before, into the corners, up and down, uh, you know, places that you never thought you'd clean. Sometimes it's some freshening up of some paint. A lot of times it's decluttering. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to <laughs> have to uh, you know, replace the kitchen countertops. Right. Um, I'm always amazed at when I walk through a house with a seller that my list is typically a lot shorter than their list. And that's because, you know, that's what I do. And so I can help you prioritize. Right. Um, so that makes a big difference, too. That's going to lead us to fix, fixeth your house, leads us to inspecteth thine home I know I got a little carried away it was early I was caffeinated Um, and we're going to talk about inspecteth thy home when we come back from break so stick around you're listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision. 
one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. We are talking today about the Ten Commandments. Can I speak? Give me some of that liquor. That'll help me. Uh, Ten Commandments for Sellers. Spring sellers, uh, and if you're looking in the fall time, this is what you should be doing. So just a quick recap. Number one, pick thine realtor. Number two, knoweth thine a financial strategy. Number three, practice thine new payment. Number four, knoweth thine market's timing. Does it sound as stupid as I think it does? No, keep I, don't, going. I don't really care. Number five, fixeth thy house, which leads to number six, inspecteth thine home. Uh, I had more sellers do pre-listing inspections this year, and it was great. And it resulted in a much less stressful process for the sellers. Many had the opportunity to make simple repairs themselves mm-hmm. that you know they could do rather than hire an electrician at $75 an hour um, on some of that simple stuff. It gave sellers a chance to get multiple bids and to work with busy contractor schedules because we were also running into that where we couldn't get stuff done in a timely manner. Um, so do the inspection, spend the money. It will save you so much in the long run. Uh, I always tell people, you know, the, the most stressful time when you're a seller is not waiting for the offer. It's that time between when you get the offer and when you get the inspection response. Um, uh, so do the inspection and sit down with your realtor and go over the list and prioritize. And that's typically I'll do a walkthrough of the house, kind of tell you what I'm thinking, but then say, you know, I really recommend you get um, a pre-listing inspection. And then we can come back with the cosmetic information that I'm telling you and the stuff that the inspector's telling you. And we will create a list from there um, and, and help you do what's what makes sense to get you to the end of the deal. I'm going to be focusing on the uh, items that the, could kill the deal. Mm-hmm. So the roof and the HVAC and kind of those major things. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, if the home inspector says, well, your HVAC is really old, doesn't mean that I'm going to tell you you have to replace it. Uh, I had one earlier, not too long ago, we just closed last month, I think. Um, and I said, let's get it serviced so that we've got a clean bill of health. We take that receipt that says furnace is good. Right. We tape it to the furnace so that any buyer can look at it and see it, you know, it's just been serviced. So that's good. And then we negotiated a home warranty, two years of a home mm-hmm. warranty. So we said, hey, buyer, you know, we know the furnace is old. Don't walk away because of that. We're going to give you two years of guarantee. If the furnace goes out, it'll get fixed. Um, so there are strategies like that. So don't be afraid. I think sometimes people just want to bury their head in the sand and just they take this hope and wish approach instead of taking action approach. Um, and, you know, instead of hoping that things work out, I say, let's make things happen. Exactly. Thanks. I was thinking that when we were purging things at our house over the weekend, mm-hmm. I was kind of looking around and I thought, maybe we should just get a home inspection just to kind of see where mm-hmm. 
what the pulse of the house is at this point. It's yeah. 12 years old, 13 right. years old. And and then I right now I'm kind of taking that. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand for another year. And not deal with it. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, and that's a great point, too. I always tell people, you know, every four or five years, it doesn't hurt to get a home inspection so that you can start to plan because people just get sideswabbed mm-hmm. by, you know, oh, I wasn't expecting these things. Uh, number seven, this is one that if you know me, you know I've gone around for years and told people this in May and in September, October. So I'm a little late this year. Uh, t- taketh thine outside pictures. That's so hard to do. Like you forget to do that. I know. But- so it's in May, May in Indiana is gorgeous, like end of May, when everything's super green and the daffodils are in bloom. And then this time of year is kind of pretty, too, um, not on a rainy day like today. But the grass is green back up. Like, you know how grass gets kind of dull and brown in the right. summer, and then it greens back up in the fall. And the leaves look pretty. So it's a great time of year to take pictures if we get a sunny day. Um, and uh, just think about this. If you're listing your home in February in Indiana, ugh. I know it's the month of love, but mm, it's not a pretty month. You can't see anything. Everything is, everything's covered in snow or ice. And it's gray and it's brown and it's just bleh. So if you are listing your house and you can put a green picture up against all those people that have brown pictures, that's a good thing to call attention to. And same thing if you have a pool. A couple years ago, I listed a house and it had to have been January or something. I'm not even sure. I mean, it was wintertime. The pool was closed. These people bought this house. They never saw the pool. <laughs> like yeah. they never saw the pool cover off, um, you know. So take pictures of the pool, um, or, or have your realtor come out and uh, and have their photographer take the pictures. I'm yeah. always happy to do that too, um, just to take a couple pictures. So we've got that. So now it's number seven. Take the thine outside pictures. Number eight. Oh, I can't say this word. Formulateth. <laughs> <laughs> Making stuff up. See how sometimes I entertain myself. Formulateth plan A and plan B. This is something else I always talk with my sellers about. Like, okay, we're we're getting there. We're you know working on the repairs. Now I want you to think about what's your plan A and plan B. Um, you know, you know what you're dealing with. You've got the pieces of the puzzle. So now you need to put them together but a couple of different ways. So you know your financing. You can figure out what your best option is for selling and then buying or renting. You know what needs to be done so you can plan on repairs and updates. So start to take all that information and put together some weekly goals. Mm-hmm. Tony would do this, right? He totally would Would he do, do this? Is he a good project planner? Um, yes, there'd be a lot of... A lot of detail? A lot of detail and revising of it. Oh, and Yes, okay. he would pass out the new information, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So basically what I say is pick your go date. Mm-hmm. So say it's March 1st. Add a couple weeks because you're never going to make it on March 1st. And then start to plan backwards and just set a goal for each week. Write it down, post it. It's a project plan. Uh, don't worry about anything else but the goal for that week until that goal is accomplished because it's so easy to get overwhelmed. This is what we were doing with Yuris's mom uh, with the move because we're all out here in Indiana. She's in Pittsburgh and we're trying to help with the move and she's getting really overwhelmed. I'm like, here are the three things you need to worry about this week. Right. Do not worry about anything else. If you ask me questions about anything else, I will not answer. <laughs> this is all we're doing is we're focusing on these three things until they get done. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move on to the next three things because uh, those next three things are still going to be there. Like there's no sense in worrying about them today because they're still going to be there to worry about tomorrow. Now she's on the reverse side trying to unpack all the boxes. <laughs> and we just keep going around going, what's going to happen if that box is still packed on Thursday? 
we we don't know. But she has them labeled, Nothing. right? Right. But Nothing's at least she knows. Nothing's going to happen. She has She's not the gonna necessities die. unpacked. Puppies aren't going to die. <laughs> the birds aren't going to not come back from the south in the springtime. I don't know. So just, but uh, this is when you put your project plan together and you kind of have some contingencies. So you start to see now why October, November for a spring sale, kind of starting October, November. It's smart because people are trying to do all this stuff in the course of like four days. I kid you not. I could see that because I, I, us just purging things over the yeah. weekend, I was like overwhelmed. I'm like, yeah. I have to go get this yeah. stuff donated now. They and come back and they just, you know, they call and I'm ready to list and okay, we can get all that done this weekend. And you can't. It takes like nine weeks, I swear. All right. Number nine, packeth up and practiseth the laweth of attraction. <laughs> Swear I'm not drunk. Um, so we've talked about the law of attraction before. Simply put, the law of attraction is the ability to attract into our lives whatever we are focusing on. It uses the power of the mind to translate whatever is in our thoughts and materialize them into reality. If you focus on doom and gloom, you'll remain under that cloud. And if you focus on positive thoughts and have goals that you aim to achieve, then you will find a way to achieve them. Um, so that is like packing. Start acting like you're moving because yeah. you are. Your house is going to sell. You're going to move. You're going to, you know, move towards this great new vision and uh, and your goals. And that's awesome. I always think about Rosie O'Donnell. I'm sorry. I do. I hate that. I think about her when I think about law of attraction. But she used to always say, like when she had that talk show years ago, she would say, if you can dream it, you can do it. And that's kind of what the law of attraction is. Like I if you can, she had that. She says that it all the time. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a little tormented because I think about Rosie O'Donnell. I'm sorry. I went to her. She has one of issues. Her tapings. Anyway. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell me about that sometime. Um, okay. And then number 10, uh, do unto others, which is the golden rule, right? Do unto others. You have them exactly. do unto you. You're going to need help. So start paying it forward. I know. Is that selfish? I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good tip. You're going to need someone to help you with the kids and with the dog and with the moving and the storing of stuff and a couch to sleep on. So go be nice to people. See what you can do to help them out. Exactly. <laughs> you know, start to pay it forward. Yes. So that, you know, you feel free to ask for help. You need to ask for help. So get whatever therapy you need to get so that you are comfortable asking people for help. Because I know people like you and I, we're not comfortable asking people for help. No, but if I do receive help, then I am trying to give it back a hundred times right. over. Because right. I am that grateful. So this is the time of year you pay it forward. Absolutely. Brilliant, right? All right. Do I have time to recount real quick? All right. I'm going to go over them really fast. Number one, pick thine realtor. Number two, knoweth thine financial strategy. Number three, practice thine new payment. Number four, knoweth thine market's timing. Number five, fixeth thy house. Number six, inspecteth thine home. Number seven, taketh thine outside pictures. Number eight, formulateth plan A and plan B. <sighs> number nine, pack it up and practice the law of attention uh, attraction. And number 10, do unto others, pay it forward. So that is my advice. We're going to put that up on Facebook um, because I think that's just the simple checklist. You don't need to worry about anything else. Just start working down that list. If you want to be a spring seller, uh, if you're local in Bloomington, give me a call. And uh, and we'll walk you through and, and get a strategy going. Um, next week is Halloween. Oh, my gosh, it is. I know. So, everybody, go buy your candy. I like candy corns and Butterfingers. 
I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, Karen. Thanks for joining us. Rachel, thanks for being here. And we will be back next week with another show, Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.